0: Chapter 32 of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Annalisa Bodker. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. Chapter 32 tuesday afternoon came and waned to the twilight the village of st petersburg still mourned the lost children had not been found public prayers had been offered up for them and many a many a private prayer that had the petitioner's whole heart in it but still no good news came from the cave the majority of the searchers had given up the quest and gone back to their daily avocations saying it was plain the children could never be found mrs thatcher was very ill and a great part of the time delirious people said it was heartbreaking to hear her call her child and raise her head and listen a whole minute at a time then lay it wearily down again with a moan aunt polly had drooped into a settled melancholy and her gray hair had grown almost white the village went to its rest on tuesday night sad and forlorn away in the middle of the night a wild peal burst from the village bells and in a moment the streets were swarming with frantic half-clad people who shouted turn out turn out they're found they're found tin pans and horns were added to the din the population massed itself and moved toward the river met the children coming in an open carriage drawn by shouting citizens thronged around it joined its homeward march and swept magnificently up the main street roaring huzzah after huzza the village was illuminated nobody went to bed again it was the greatest night the little town had ever seen during the first half hour a procession of villagers filed through judge thatcher's house seized the saved ones and kissed them squeezed mrs thatcher's hand tried to speak but couldn't and drifted out raining tears all over the place aunt polly's happiness was complete and mrs thatcher's nearly so it would be complete however as soon as the messenger dispatched with the great news to the cave should get the word to her husband Tom lay upon a sofa with an eager auditory about him, and told the history of the wonderful adventure, putting in many striking additions to adorn it withal, and closed with a description of how he left Becky and went on an exploring expedition, how he followed two avenues as far as his kite line would reach, how he followed a third to the fullest stretch of the kite line, and was about to turn back. When he glimpsed a far off speck that looked like daylight, dropped the line and groped toward it, pushed his head and shoulders through a small hole, and saw the broad Mississippi rolling by. And if it had only happened to be night, he would not have seen that speck of daylight, and would not have explored that passage any more. He told how he went back for Becky and broke the good news, and she told him not to fret her with such stuff for she was tired and knew she was going to die and wanted to he described how he laboured with her and convinced her and how she almost died for joy when she had groped to where she actually saw the blue speck of daylight how he pushed his way out at the hole and then helped her out how they sat there and cried for gladness how some men came along in a skiff and tom hailed them and told them their situation and their famished condition how the men didn't believe the wild tale at first because said they you are five miles down the river below the valley where the cave is in then took them aboard rowed to a house gave them supper made them rest till two or three hours after dark and then brought them home before day dawn judge thatcher and the handful of searchers with him were tracked out in the cave by the twine clues they had strung behind them and informed of the great news three days and nights of toil and hunger in the cave were not to be shaken off at once as tom and becky soon discovered they were bedridden all of wednesday and thursday and seemed to grow more and more tired and worn all the time tom got about a little on thursday was downtown friday and nearly as whole as ever saturday but becky did not leave her room until sunday and then she looked as if she had passed through a wasting illness tom learned of huck's sickness and went to see him on friday but could not be admitted to the bedroom neither could he on saturday or sunday he was admitted daily after that but was warned to keep still of his adventure and introduce no exciting topic the widow douglas stayed by to see that he obeyed at home tom learned of the cardiff hill event also that the ragged man's body had eventually been found in the river near the ferry landing he had been drowned while trying to escape perhaps about a fortnight after tom's rescue from the cave he started off to visit huck who had grown plenty strong enough now to hear exciting talk and tom had some that would interest him he thought judge thatcher's house was on tom's way and he stopped to see becky the judge and some friends set tom to talking and someone asked him ironically if he wouldn't like to go to the cave again tom said he thought he wouldn't mind it the judge said well there are others just like you tom i've not the least doubt but we have taken care of that nobody will get lost in that cave any more why because i had its big door sheathed with boiler iron two weeks ago and triple locked and i've got the keys tom turned as white as a sheet what's the matter boy here run somebody fetch a glass of water the water was brought and thrown into tom's face Ah, uh, now you're all right. What was the matter with you, Tom? Oh, Judge, Injun Joe's in the cave. End of chapter thirty two. Recording by Annalisa Bodker.